When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Learn to trade stocks successfully. Learn to profit consistently. I'm Ryan Mallory, and on my weekly podcast, I'm going to teach you the ins and outs of a complex, ever-changing stock market. You will learn to trade better, trade smarter, and profit bigger. Now, let's go trade. Hey everybody, Ryan Mallory here and Podcast 74. What are we going to talk about? Well, I think I want to talk about the most common expression found on the stock market today. And that is, buy the dip. Buy the bleeping dip. Buy the mother bleeping dip. That, that's, so you got an acronym. You got BTD, BTFD, BTMFD. Depending on how derogatory you want to get about expressing yourself, there's a lot of ways to say buy the dip. I personally just choose to say, buy the dip. Let me tell you, it's going to take all I can do to get through this podcast because I absolutely abhor the expression, buy the dip. I'll say it, I'll say it in jest, but really, buy the dip has its roots in denying the presence of risk in the stock market. And this is an idiot stock market right now. Quite honestly, it is. It doesn't reward people who manage risk. It really doesn't. It's going to manage people who turned a blind eye to it. Now, that's great, right? It's like, oh, it's a riskless market. No, not necessarily. It's just rewarding people who don't care about risk for now. I've done these things for a long time. I know how these things end. They always end bad. It ended last quarter four bad. People were blind to risk then. It ended really bad. January of 2018, when we had a 7 or 8% run in January, only to sell off super hard and super fast in February. People say, well, you buy the dip. Well, when do you buy the dip? Do you buy the dip when it drops 5 points, 10 points, 30 points, 100 points? When do you buy the dip? Well, I don't know. You just buy the dip. That's what they'll tell you. If you ask them when you buy the dip, they just say, just buy the dip. There's really no logic to it because what it does is it creates a scenario for you to for for you really to just blow up your capital. What about XIV a couple of years back, I believe it was, or maybe it was just a year back. I can't remember exactly when, but when the VIX went up a hundred and something percent in one day and XIV had to shut down because in their prospectus it said they had to shut down. People lost everything. Even the people who got in like a couple minutes before the close. I had somebody in the splash zone. I didn't. I don't trade VIX products. Okay, if you're looking for somebody who's an expert in that, I understand the volatility index quite well. I don't trade the volatility index. It is nuts. Now, in the same same note, where people buy the dip all the time on equities, people also just short the rip on the VIX all the time. And even if you look back on it, like the last you know couple of weeks or so, 
it looks like it's a great way to make money. Just short every stinking rip on the VIX. If it goes up, you short it every time. That also ends very bad because you want to talk about getting a margin call in a hurry. Be wrong on that one day where the VIX does not sell off. And then all of a sudden you're going to realize how bad. And here's the other thing too, is that kind of simplistic, simple-minded approach to trading. And I'm all for simple approaches to trading, but that one is not a simple approach to trading that you want to do. It's kind of like buy low, sell high. Well, of course, everybody wants to do that. You know, buy the dip. The market has always been on a bull run forever. So you always buy every dip. That's true too. But the entry is the problem with the buy the dip. You maybe get get rewarded for the two-point drops and you buy the dip. The, today, we had a 30-point drop, almost a 30-point drop. People bought the dip. It went back up and uh, closed uh, about, what, 10 points down on the day? 11 points down on the S&P 500. So people are like, oh, look at that, man, free money. It's free money. You know, we got quantitative easing four and markets cutting interest rates. All that definitely goes into the market being able to sustain itself right now. But eventually, the buy the dip theory does not work. Because you, in the end, yes, at some point, you were going to buy the, the, into the stock market after a sell-off. The problem becomes is when you start doing it way too early. You start buying stocks way too early on the sell-off. And so nobody ever knows how long a sell-off is going to last. Nobody knew that today that the market was going to sell off 30 points. When it started to sell off and it was only down 5 points, did you know it was going to be the right time to buy the dip at 5 points or 10 points, 15 points, or wait till it was down almost 30 points? You don't know that. But people will blindly buy it hoping that the market's going to bail them out. That's why I say that this is a market for, for idiots who have no grasp of what risk is. And if you don't have a grasp of risk, long-term your ability to survive in the stock market goes to zero. That's right. You will not succeed in the stock market if you do not respect risk. So you saw this podcast title today and you're thinking, oh man, this is going to be great. He's going to talk about buy the dip. He's going to validate all of the things that I have been saying about just buy the dip, just buy the dip, blindly buy the dip. No, I'm not. I'm telling you, you're a fool for just buying the dip all the time. Buying the dip will destroy and kill your portfolio in the long term. And this is something that got its roots back all the way going back to 2009 when we had that massive market sell-off for in 2008, bottomed at 666 on the S&P 500. Funny, I know. And then it just started, rip. it's been ripping higher ever since, right? And so you, we, in the meantime, we definitely have had sell-offs and everything like that. But what do you do? Do you, um, you just buy the dip every time we have a dip? No, because then sometimes you have some really, really big dips. 2018, quarter four, we had a massive sell-off, 20% over, over 20% in three months. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So if you bought the dip when it was down 1%, was that the, should you have bought the dip back in October when it was only down 1%? No. But people did. People did it when it was down 5%. People did it when it was 10%. 
Come December, people are still buying it. They're, they're leveraging their positions. Some stocks didn't even recover from that big sell-off, okay? So if you're still buying the dip in stocks that have yet to recover, that's bad too. But then you say, well, Ryan, look where the stock market's at now. We are way beyond that. We're at new all-time highs. I would have made my money back up by now. Yeah, if you bought SPY, yeah, you would be up on that trade right now. Does that make it a smart trade? No. It doesn't because you just wasted all that time trying to make back money you didn't have to lose. And in some cases, you're going to be buying this dip on the wrong stocks, and then you'll never make that money back. I mean, you look at the stocks that were trading in 2000 during the dot-com. If you bought the dip when the dot-com bubble blew up, thinking that, okay, I know I'm buying the dip at 4,500 and the NASDAQ's going to go like, I, I can't remember how low it went. I think it went like below 2,000 on the NASDAQ. And let's say you're just wrong, but you loaded up your portfolio when it, when it went from like 5,000 down to 4,000 and you're like, oh, I'm going to make my money back one day. It's going to go straight back up. And you buy all these companies. There's a lot of those companies that do not exist today. They never made it back. And there's a lot of companies out there right now that will not make it back when we do get another big sell-off. So when you buy in the dip, you're buying these stocks and you're then you're holding on for the long term and they don't come back. That happens. The market's been going up ever since GE has been a stock, right? Over the when GE first came out, I don't know how long it's been in business, but I think it's been like over 100 years. Um I I'm sorry I don't really know that. I I feel like I should know that. I know it's been around like an extremely long time, like at least 100 years. And then you look at where the market's at now. It's way higher. Way, way higher. But look at where GE's at right now. GE's trading at $11. You want to know where it was trading at back in December of 1999, December 31st? It was trading at $49.55. A 75% decline. So how did that... Buy the dip mentality work for you there. One of the most reputable companies in United States history has declined 75%. And it's actually, it was even worse than that. It was like over 80% earlier this year. But people who say just buy the dip don't take those things into account. Not all stocks come back when the market rallies back. I think, I think it's a good idea when you have substantial new lows on SPY on QQQ, if you're looking at like a retirement 30 years into the future, to go buy those ETFs, to buy like a SPY, to buy like a QQQ, IWM. Maybe not IWM. I wouldn't buy that for the long term. Small caps, they come and go. They become big companies. I don't really like small caps. I don't like trading the index all that much either. Not not from a long-term standpoint, at least. But uh, DIA, QQQ, SPY, yeah, if, if the market's going to sustain itself over time, it, those things are going to go back up too. But again, it's about where you get in. If you got into the NASDAQ back when it peaked in 2000, March of 2000, if you got in for the first time because you were had the fear of missing out and you got in at $112, let's say around $112, right? I think the highest it reached at that point was like 120 But let's say you got in 112 That was in 2000. You did not make your money back until 2015. That was 15 years that it took for you to get your money back. And you also had to watch a period of three years of just nonstop selling, going from 2001, 2000, 2001, and 2002. 
just awful. And then you had the big sell-off in 2008 that almost took it back down to the 2000 lows. So you can say buy the dip, okay? Even on these ETFs, they're that by based off of the history of the stock market will go up over time. But you have to be right about where you get in at. You have to wait for substantial new lows to to get in. There's dollar cost averaging too, but then still, even when you're dollar cost averaging, I know a lot of people do that in their, their 401ks and IRAs and stuff like that, but then you still have to hope that that money will, will eventually make you uh, a lot more money one day. Whereas if you're more patient with with your entries, you can get in at extreme lows and then write it back up. Here's the thing. QQQ went from like $120 a share in March of 2000 all the way down to $20 a share. Let's say you got in at $120. Let's say you were the bag holder at the very top. I mean, that's over 80%, guys. It's over 80% that you lost. So buying the dip is not always the best approach. People will do it with a short-sightedness thinking, oh, the market's going to go up tomorrow. But at some point, it's going to peak. And you're going to be left holding the, the, the keys to a stock that, that are, that's just continuing to go down. I know I'm being a little bit of a Debbie Downer with this podcast here. And uh, I don't mind that, quite honestly, because I feel like I'm really giving you some advice that's going to help you out in the long term when it comes to trading and how to trade well to protect yourself and to protect yourself from unnecessary risk and unnecessary loss. Because like I said, right now the dip buying seems really easy. We drop five points, you buy the dip. Even if we just drop 30 points, you buy the dip. And it seems easy, seems like free money, but eventually it comes with a cost. Just like shorting the VIX came with a cost for so many people. You don't want to be, you don't want to be a bag holder when that time comes. And here's the other thing too. A lot of the dip buying, when, when it, People will say, I'm going to keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore. Well, when it doesn't work once, what do you do? Do you just stop right there? Are you going to say, oh, it failed to, to work this one time. I'm not going to ever do it again. No, because it's worked so many times for you in the past, you're going to keep doing it. But when it stops working altogether, you just keep buying the dip as the market keeps going lower and lower. And you're all of a sudden leveraging yourself. You find yourself going into margin. You find yourself getting way too involved in, the, in a market, putting way too much capital to work. Your emotions are running high. You're mind isn't working because you're losing so much money and then you sell out at the bottom. That's a really good feeling, isn't it? I've had that happen to me on trade. Not not all the emotional craziness, but I've I've bought in at a, on a, in a stock it goes down like 1 or 2% and I get stopped out and it goes right back up. But that's different because I'm managing my 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 trade. I'm managing that was the stop loss that I had when when I went into the trade. So I'm just following my trading plan. I can't do anything about that, but when you subscribe to a a flawed theory of just buy the dip, and when it stops working, you just keep buying and buying and buying it, which is what people will do, they're going to lose a ton of money. So I'm going to wrap this up, and I'm just going to be completely honest with you. If you buy the dip right now, if you keep buying stocks, it may work for you for for a time. And that's great. I, I hope you make tons of money by doing that. But eventually it's going to stop working, and you have to ask yourself, am I going to have the wherewithal to know it's time to stop buying the dip? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of Swing Trading with Ryan Mallory. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Splash Zone where I navigate the financial markets every day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you'll get a seven-day trial, access to my trading room, and text and email alerts. So go ahead and sign up by going to shareplanner.com backslash splash zone. That's www 
www.shareplanner.com backslash splash zone. And follow me at SharePlanner on Twitter and on SharePlanner's Facebook page, where I provide unique market and trading ideas every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me, ryan at shareplanner.com, or call the office at 321-522-6733. All the best to you, and God bless you.